Welcome to Player One here on Sin. I am Jay here, joined today with Eleni. Say hi. Hey, hey. And Connor, just chicken in. Howdy. And, uh, well, we've got some cool stuff today. Usually, you know, rapid fire news releases, uh, all, all the good stuff, top of the hour. That's what we usually do. But if you want to check out past episodes, you know, reviews, stuff that we've got on the website, you can check us out. Player One Sin. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and all these other good places. You can find our podcast on Omni, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Player One, YouTube. Uh, we've got some good stuff for us today, but we'll first jump into our first song of the night. This is Tracing Faces by Great Gable. Great Gable. Great Gable. It's part of the, uh, the Sweet 16 playlist, as the usual. You're listening to Player One on Sin. Welcome back to Player One on Sin. It's your usual host for today. <laughs> uh, Jay, Eleni, Connor, everyone say hi and chime in whenever you want to. We got the rapid fire news releases. I said chime in and then I immediately cut you all off. Sorry about that, guys. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Jay. What's up? <laughs> thanks, man. No, no worries. Appreciate it. No worries. Yeah, you, you, you're doing a good job, mate. Doing a good yeah. job, Jay. I see I how it is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm, I'm out of diapers. I'm walking now. I'm, I'm an adult. <laughs> Uh, we've You're got the big boy, man. Big boy now. I'm the big boy. Okay, we've got the rapid fire news releases. Eleni, do you want to do the news? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to just talk for the whole episode, you can if you like. <laughs> well, here we go. Rapid fire news. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, thank you. All right, lovely. I'll just get us into the news for the past week. So we've got Horizon Zero Dawn's PC port features new optimizations. For AMD, RDNA, and GPUs. We've got I don't know War- what that means. Me- uh, yeah, computer stuff. <laughs> yeah, me neither. That mm. was just computer jargon, and I had no idea what it meant, but I'm sure the PC fans are excited for that. Um, we have Warzone players remain frustrated by cheaters even after Infinity Ward asked everyone to please stop cheating. <laughs> Who would have thought that? <laughs> Saying please would it have worked? Oh my god! They even cheating. said please stop cheating, but I mean, no. If you cheat after after that, you just it's got to be oh, scum. Honestly, who would have thought the gaming community can be toxic? Who would have thought? Not I. Mm. No. Then we've also got Sam Fisher is coming to Rainbow Six Siege. Oh, I can't believe it! We can't get an actual Splinter Cell game. Instead, we have freaking Sam Fisher coming to Rainbow Six Siege. Uh-huh. Just, they're doing everything <laughs> but giving people a new Splinter Cell game. Yes, the Banjo fans cry in Super Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome, join us. We've also got Shroud returning to Twitch, which is cool. Then we've got um, Dr. Disrespect went live on YouTube streaming service. Yeah, just for like, he went, he went live for two hours and it was just a JPEG 
of a uh, it was a JPEG <laughs> of a gas stop. It was a gas station with his car at the front of it, and it was just playing random sound bites from his streams. And everyone was like, "How? How? How did he manage to get sixty thousand viewers or something like that to just sit there and watch a JPEG for two hours?" It was, oh. it was amazing. Oh boy, I wish. Um, and then some big news from Microsoft, which we will be talking about a bit later in the episode. But um, Microsoft has decided to delay Halo Infinite to 2021, which means it will not be um, uh, releasing with the new console, which is definitely something I think will be a bit of a hit for Xbox. Yeah. Big um, We've also got The Last of Us Part Two's first major update adds trippy visual effects, cheats, and permadeath. Ooh, I like that. I like the permadeath mode. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, then we've got some sad news. Um, GoldenEye007 remake development shuts down after cease and desist and relaunches as new original game. Yeah, it's a fan-made, fan-made GoldenEye007 remake and now they've just given it some, they slapped a name on it and was like, yeah, it's not GoldenEye anymore, don't worry. It, instead, <laughs> it'll be Silver Eye. Silver Nose 006. So- yeah, exactly. Silver Nose 006. You can play I, as Agent 006 or... or I think good you're job. onto something there, guys. Jim, Just wait for that Jim Bind. Jim Bind. Jim Bind. That's the good hero man. we all want. Yes. Um, and then we've got Crash 4 on Switch possibly leaked. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> it means that I'm going to be getting two copies of this game when it comes out. <laughs> of oh, course gosh. you will, Connor. Of course. Um, but oh, I'm going to get PS4 version. I'm going to get Switch version. It's going to be good. Oh, boy. Um, but, Jay, do you want to take us through the rapid-fire releases for this week? Oh, sweet. Heck, yeah, I would. Uh, let, let, let me just brace myself real quickly. Ah! Okay, I'm good. Epic Legends Season 6 PC, PS4, Xbox, August 18th. Microsoft Flight Simulator PC, August 18th. Mortal Shell PC, PS4, Xbox, August 18th. Battle Toads PC, Xbox, August 20th. Frostpunk On the Edge DLC PC, August 20th. Grief Helm PC, August 20th. Pastel Blind Car PC, August 20th. Peaky Blinders Mastermind PC, PS4, Xbox, Switch, August 20th. Remnant from the Ashes Subject 2923 DLC PC, PS4, Xbox, August 20th. Remnant from the Ashes Complete Edition PS, PS4, Xbox, August 20th. Account of Fall Rhythms Across the Blue PS4, Switch, August 21st new super lucky tale ps4 xbox august 21st uh i, I got really confused halfway through that because it says expo and i just filled in the the x behind it <laughs> <laughs> and of course pga tour 2k21 i didn't Never see that what's what is, what is that's it? golf? golf that's yeah. golf isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we get the pga game um you know I'm, I'm i'm gonna say not not your best rapid finds or releases Jay. God, i think no. you could have I think your form there with your rapid fire could have been better. Yeah, it wasn't rapid better. and it wasn't very fire. It wasn't yeah. rapid enough, in my opinion. <laughs> but you know what? Um, hmm. You did, oh, I thought you were going to say, you know what is rapid and no, fire? No, Our next song. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that too. I was just more so about to comment that, hey, we're actually getting a good golf game and Battletoads. Battletoads. Wait, yeah. did I just gloss over Battletoads? No. No, you said oh my it. god, it's, no, I said it, but I know Battletoads. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't register. Yeah, no, I didn't. It's I just that, read that it out. register at all. Wow. Yeah. No, that would be good. That's a big release. 
Yeah, that's that's a pretty wow. big one. It's a yeah. Microsoft exclusive. How many years? Like it's been it's been like a decade since the first Battletoads came out, and now we got another one. Yep. I didn't know its yep. release date. Now we do August twentieth, guys. I love how you read out the release date and then yeah. didn't even register. <laughs> just completely like, forgot about it. You just blacked out while you were reading those. Your, yeah, oh, yeah, I feel like you you like is your memory like the capacity of a goldfish and you just sort of forget every six seconds about a release date. Yeah, I do. And, literally, I read a release date and then I do a circle in my tank and then I come back and I forget it. But in some ways, it's great because you're always constantly surprised. Exactly. I can watch a movie and then like a month later, watch it again and be like, whoa, this is the best movie I've ever seen for the first time. I love that. Well, you know what's better than the best movie you've ever seen, Jay? This, this song coming up, I'm assuming. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Tell me, what, what is it, Jay? I want to hear it. Oh, it's Life and Times by Vintage Crops. I, like, Sweet 16, every band on that playlist is just an amazing name. Life and Time by Vintage Crops from the Sweet 16 playlist. You're listening to Player One on Sin. I almost said new and approved. And you're listening to Player One on Sin with Jay, Connor, and Eleni. Well, I think we're talking about what games we've been playing now, if I believe. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty solid. And I've, you know, I don't know, I just got this gut feeling that maybe I've been the only one playing games this week. Because <laughs> I've, been, I've been pretty busy with games. Um, so I got through, I finally finished Catherine Full Body. Naughty content warning, just, just naughty bits. The game's good. A lot of interesting things in the game. Um, I blast through maybe the last three hours of the game during the weekend. And I've got to say, like, I'm very impressed. I'm surprised that this game didn't do, like, better than it already did. Oh, um, that's, that's high praise. It's a really good port on Switch. Really good port on Switch, I must say. Um, the puzzles are both fun and challenging. The bosses are great because they all represent um, the scenario that the main character, Vincent, is facing. Um, and to top it all off, I got the good ending. So I, I chose to be the good boy, and I, was, I, I ended up getting married to Catherine with a K. Best instead boy. of going to the dark side with Catherine with a C, which, yeah, spoiler we'll warnings, ignore. she's a succubus. That's what it was, right. Succubus. Yes, she is. So, yeah, like, I really enjoyed the game. I cannot recommend it enough. Not, not for the youngins. It is a very mature game. So for, the, for anyone over 18, definitely play this game. Um, I've also been trying to get through the outer worlds on switch i'm up to the final bit of the game um though the port is not very good it's rough around the edges and the frame rate can sometimes go down the drain um it's still yeah it's still the outer worlds still a good game i'm still very much enjoying it um already what have you been playing or potentially watching um yeah, I guess I think you're the one who's been smashing out the games. I I have still been playing Far Cry 3. Um, last week I started playing it um, and I've just been um, making my way through that, you know, remembering how much I loved the game 
um, it really is just a fantastic game. Definitely my favourite Far Cry. Um, what what it, part are you up to? What part? Um, I have just gotten up to the part where Vast um, tries to drown you and then somehow you break free of those Oh blocks. my god, yeah, and yeah. The lighter saves you. I forgot how hilarious that was. God, I was like, imagine, imagine that. Um, like, I, and I thought Ellie from The Last of Us had close calls. Yeah, exactly. I was like, what, like replaying that like cinematic. I was like, how did you survive all of this, Jason? But he's a legend. Um, I did want to say about um, Catherine Full Body that you're playing. I wonder how Catherine's with a C feel about that game. Um, Catherine's with a C. Well, depends. If they go for the Catherine with a C, they'll probably really enjoy it. But you, you know. know if your name was Catherine spelt with a C and in the game, that's like the evil Catherine. I wonder yeah. how they feel about it. Depends on how you depends how you look at it, really. Mm. I was just thinking yeah. like Catherine's with a you K think... are getting a great rap, but those C's oh, they man. must they're getting the bad rap in the game. And then you got the the third character which was added into the full body edition, uh, Rin. You find out well at first you thought she was Catherine with a Q. It mm. turns out it's his name's Catherine with a Q. Yeah. But that's a bit of a crap. A story spoiler for you. Um but oh, like true. it was very oh, it's a it's a it's an old game. It's chill. It's been out for years now at this point, and the full body's been out for two years, I wanna say, maybe three, but like really good stuff. Really good stuff. And the and the um the inclusion of Rin was a really good addition. Because it adds a little bit of an extra element of like, you know, you do, you be you, Vincent. You choose your path, and that kind of thing. So yeah, and of course, Far Cry Three is like one of the best Far Cry game ever. It's, it's, it's a staple of just video game in general. Like yeah. if yes. you want to have that experience of a, a game that will, you will remember forever, it's got to be like Far Cry Three is at least one of them. That and like, you know, the Last of Us games and the walking dead games and all that yeah exactly they're just those games where if you're a fan of gaming you kind of just have to play them um but what about mm. you jay what have you been playing? okay so it's my week has been really sparse of games it's just they've like it's been all this other stuff with just games peppered in and it's been weird because you know i don't i look i still don't see the correlation between the two but my sleep schedule's gotten a lot better and I've been going to bed at like, I've been falling asleep at like 8 p.m. and waking up at like 6. And I've just been like, wow. I've been like living my best life out here. And then I've, I've realized it's, it's, it's around the time that I stopped playing a lot of games as much as I used to. Oh, funny that. Funny <laughs> That's, how that works. It's so weird. Yeah. yeah. Just, I don't understand it. it. It, it's just great when, you know, you go to bed early enough and get a good amount of sleep. You feel great. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I still feel, I don't know, I still feel tired. I get like 12 hours of sleep and I, just, I wake up still Probably empty. because you're getting too much sleep. Yeah. yeah I'm like that, Jay. When I have but it's just been, sleep. it's just been for me, it's been like Rocket League sprinkled in there, which is new for me. Ooh, I'm starting out for the first really? time with Rocket League. Yeah. My friend plays it all the time and I was like, you know, if your friend plays it, you kind of have to join him for a bit. So Rocket League, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. Just oh, nice. starting that off. A bit of Jackbox sprinkled in with with a group of friends. Just like one night of Jackbox this week. 
And then the rest has just been really, really sad manga and anime. And I've just been crying all week to like romance manga. That's about it. I love that so much. Literally, I think I stayed up. The latest I've stayed up was like uh, 1 a.m. That was the latest this week. And I was just because I wanted to get to the end of this this manga that was just making me so riddled with all these sad emotions of, of like, oh, they're going to get together. Oh, I want my couple to get together. The ship, it's got to sail and crying. Yeah. Oh, that makes me so happy. I, I love that. <laughs> well, well, Jay, well, well, I, I, I think I know what's going to make you happy. What's going to make me happy, Connor? And it's really low bar at this point. <laughs> well, the next song. I think you might like you know, this one. You know what? I think you're right. I think that would make me happy. <laughs> well, what is it, Jay? Oh, well, <laughs> thank you for asking, Connor. <laughs> the next I'd like song to is, know. Uh, the next song is Summer Fields by Danny Elfman and Russell Shaw from the Fable soundtrack. I even mentioned this before. They got Danny Elfman in on this shit, Fable did. You're listening to, <laughs> you're listening to Player One on Sin. Hey, welcome back to Player One on Sin. Uh, you're here with Jay, Connor, and Eleni. We just talked about our favorite games of, that we've been playing this week, and uh, now we're on to. Well, it's not a touchy top. It's not a touchy subject for me. It is because there was something on there that I really liked, that I wish had more time, and that people appreciated more. But we're talking about the state of play. It was the the E3 for PlayStation, wasn't it? It was like the PlayStation Direct. Yeah, yeah pretty fair. much. Yeah. yeah. And this is this is following the. PlayStation 5 reveal. Um, yeah, this one was uh, showing off both, well, PS4, PSVR, and PS5 games. Which is so awesome. we had a good mixture. And they started off, I think, the best way possible by bringing in extra gameplay elements for Crash 4. Um, from what I recall, they brought they sort of introduced the names of the masks, which I don't remember because they're confusing names that I just completely forgot about and I probably won't remember until I actually play the game. Um, they sort of showed off like their different abilities and how they can be implemented. Um, one of the biggest things that I personally just, I marked out for so big was the fact that Dingo Dial for the first time in a single-player Crash game that isn't a spin-off, is now playable. In an original Crash game, he is a playable character, and I Wait couldn't be happier because he owns Wait a diner. A I know, it was one of those things where I didn't realise I needed that in a Crash game until the announcement, and I was like, why has this never happened before? I think it's a genius, genius move. I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Like, ah, I did not expect this to happen at all because there had been nothing, I don't think there'd been anything related to Dingo Dial in the um, previous um, gameplay previews and trailers. So this is huge. And it's cute. And it's such a cute story because he's turned away from a life of evil. Yeah. And he opened a diner and it got burnt down. Yeah, like, they've really committed to it, which is, yeah, like you oh said, especially nothing that they had, like, shown or spoken about really gave any of this away. So that was a very big surprise for the I'm, game, which is exciting. I'm interested to see how he plays, because now, from what, again, like, from what I remember, we now have four playable characters in the game. 
Look, I don't want to be that guy, but Crash Boom Bang. Uh, oh, oh. It oh. had it had eight playable characters. Every so. time, Jay. You Every know, week. Jay. It had eight. It had eight. Yeah. You love, wanted, you you know, love, you love Crash Boom Bang so much. Why don't you just say, marry the game? That out there. I have legally in seven Oh, six. oh, oh. What? You so. didn't even invite. Mad invite. I know. Why weren't we there? Sick invite? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Where was the I wanted to be invite? a private matter with the whole uh, COVID business going on. You're not allowed to have more than like 10 people. So it was close. Oh, to you can, you can at least put us on Zoom. Zoom yeah. call, a Zoom call, my yeah, marriage still. to Crash Boom Bang. Yeah, yeah mad invite. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But, but back to the topic at hand. Um, Dingo Doll being playable, I think that's just a fantastic addition to the game. Something different to spice things up. And then, of course, one of the things that I love about Crash games are the time trials. Um, I don't think they made it clear that there would be time trials. I could be wrong. But they did add some extra playable modes to the game where um, one of the, well, which one of them that really caught me by surprise is almost like a, you're playing the level as if it's like a blank canvas and you add color to the set. And that I found really interesting because they're going for different ways in which you can get the completionist rewards and stuff like that. So the platinum trophies, um i like i'm going to 100 percent this game for sure i'm really excited about the even just the post-game content after the story mode and replaying levels like yeah, this is I, going yeah. to be the most diverse crash game i think we've ever seen yeah no i think it's good because obviously like you know crash bandicoot is such an old and long beloved franchise so i think it's nice that you know we're getting a new game and they are you know wanting to shake things up a little bit have some new characters like playable characters some new gameplay elements so i think it, it looks really exciting for sure and if you want to check out our uh, crash trailer analysis our crash for trailer analysis go check it out on our podcast feed that was with myself play one contributor nick and 1700s paul waxman that was a fantastic time um then next up uh hitman 3 will be playable in psvr um it's gonna be interesting yeah, like this is going to be, I think this is almost like the first, this is almost like the first system seller for VR for me. Because I'm not, I wasn't interested in Half-Life yeah. personally. What? Um, doing VFR looked cool, but this looks like to be a very immersive experience, like being able to play as Agent 47 in VR. Like that's kind of cool. I dig that a lot. Yeah, it's kind of cool, especially in theory. Um, in theory, yes. In theory. This is usually in VR. Everything sounds cool in theory. Um, but hopefully, it, you know, it comes together well. That would be pretty awesome. Um, then yeah. then uh, a graphically enhanced version of the indie classic Braid. Um, that's going to be coming next year. So good to see some classics come back. The Pathless. Um, oh, I don't remember who was doing it, but I actually did kind of dig the game. It looked absolutely gorgeous. Um, oh, Bug Snacks. We finally got a proper trailer for Bug Snacks. I, I, I'm hyped, man. <laughs> Bug Snacks. I don't know. I love it. <laughs> it's, so, it's such a dumb idea for a game. It's, I don't know why. I just, I look at it and I think this is the competitor for like one of the 
Like when when you think of the game that re- that released with the console, and you think this is the game. Like we have Halo Infinite. Well, not anymore. But it's like Bug Snacks PS Five. Yes. I know. But I love it. Why are you hating on the game? I'm not hating on it. I'm sure it's a great game. It's just it's not as good as God of War for the PS4 or something. Like it was just like out of Last of Us for the PS4. Like all those games that came out with the console, and then Bug Snacks. Take that Xbox. How are you gonna survive that one? <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! I love it. I love this. I love game. it. I love adorable games, and I think that one's gonna be definitely on my playlist. Like a hundred, like a hundred percent, I'm gonna play it. It's almost, (laughs) it is just such a fantastic idea, and I'm really, I'm just really, oh, I'm really excited about it. It's going to be great. Um, Then next up, we actually did have some controversy with this state of play, so. (laughs) What um, what was that? We actually do have some controversy. Is that how it's, am I, am I uncultured? Controversy, controversy, you can say it either way. Is this like, yeah, is that yeah. like the, the, oh wow, I think I, no, I, I think I'm uncultured. No, 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 it's not like, like the, the elitist way. It's like not like the elitist way. Associate. No, it's, <laughs> it's definitely not the elitist way of saying it. But there was some actual um, controversy in the state of play. So um, Focus Home Interactive, who have been, you know, Focus Home Interactive have, have have a pretty decent track record. Um, mm. They're the publishers behind the Sherlock Holmes games, uh, Call of Cthulhu, um, The Sinking City, Vampire, and they're the masters of publishing Eurojank, as I like to call it, the uh, the Eastern European AA games that, um, you know, they don't have the highest budget, but they make do with what they got. Um, there was a game featured called Eon Must Die, which was sort of like a almost like a neon fighting game that had some promise, but there was an issue with it. And there is a, um, a tweet that was made by Focus Home Interactive regarding Limestone Games, the developer behind it. Um, Focus Home Interactive has always praised and supported all of our partner studios and the developers who compose the creative teams. We price ourselves on uh, treating our own employees and third-party developers fairly and respectfully, and this will not change. Focus Home Interactive was informed of serious allegations raised by some of the developers at Limestone who have worked on the creation of the video game Eon Must Die. These grievances are directed at Limestone, uh, their direct employer. As the publisher of this video game, Focus is carefully looking into the allegations and will draw the necessary um, conclusions if they are proved to if they if they are proved to be well founded, and then take the all the appropriate measures. There will no further comment will be shared until we have a clearer and complete view of this matter. So something is going on. Um, doesn't sound great. So that was one of the big iffy moments of the presentation, which is a shame because the game looked like it had a lot of promise. I thought it looked yeah. really good. Um, it's kind of a shame that had that had to be shown, especially as soon as as soon as it sh- showed, people will um, like, "What the hell's going on here?" But onto some actual good news here, um, we finally have Star Wars in VR. What the Kinect wasn't enough for you, Connor? The Kinect was not enough. Instead, I can actually hold a lightsaber in VR. <laughs> hell yeah! This actually looks like a game that has effort put into it. <laughs> I, well, they had that training one, but it was it was never enough. They had a, there was a game on the VR 
and it was the training bot. It was like that drone from the movies that would shoot lasers at you, and you got but to deflect that's not it. Enough, but though. it wasn't. It, yeah, it wasn't a Star Wars VR game. You weren't. You didn't like this, feel like you were into Star Wars. Yeah, this actually looks like a complete game. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, it looks really good. I mean, most Star Wars games. Uh, I'm going to regret saying this, but I, I enjoy most oh. Star Wars games. Oh, um, don't regret it. Pre- uh, yeah, preach it, sister. Yeah, so I think. I'm excited. Yeah, like, exactly. Getting to hold, like, a lightsaber. Like, what more could you ask for from VR? I feel like VR was made for, yeah, for Star nothing. Wars, really. <laughs> this also, the, 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 with that good stuff aside, um, this leads me to my one big complaint. Um, now, comparing this to the inside Xbox that we had not too long ago, which was just all games, no filler whatsoever. I think they closed this show out in the most boring way possible. Um, So Godfall is one of the big, well, quote-unquote, big releases for the PS5. And frankly, I feel like I'm, I don't know if I'm the only person. I feel like I'm definitely not the only person. But this is, this was boring. Um, This sucked. I'm not interested in this game. There is no... This just looks like a paint-by-numbers game. It, it's a hack-and-slash looter, and it's boring as bollocks. I just... And the, they spent so much time with it where it could have been focused on more... potentially more games. Or... It just would have been nice to see something else other than this, because this isn't a game, in my opinion, that's getting much attention. Because it just looks like a generic fantasy game. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to be honest. Like, we definitely had some good insight for Crash, and yeah, Star Wars VR looked cool, but... Yeah, that was good. That was was really good. But other than that, I wasn't a very big fan of this showcase from Sony. I think... Oh? They're just... I guess also because, you know maybe I was expecting to see, like, a huge, like, God of War 2 reveal or something like that. Um, But it just didn't really... It just left a lot to be desired for me, to be honest. Like, it didn't really get me hyped for the PS5. Um, So I just think... And especially because I really enjoyed Microsoft's gaming showcase, which I wasn't expecting to enjoy, but I think that they really lifted their game. And so I think because of that, I was expecting even more from Sony... Um, so I think I was just a bit disappointed overall, like definitely some good things, but, um, yeah, I think they kind of missed the mark, to be honest. Yeah. Jay, your thoughts? Uh, uh, well, my thoughts, if backtracking, I'm probably going to play Godfall. It just looks right up my alley. It was, it looks like, uh, basically a destiny type game, but, uh, but yeah, I don't, I agree. We actually, we talked about it when we were talking about the Microsoft Direct, the Microsoft, like, version of this, we thought they came out swinging a lot harder than Sony, like, or the, or the Nintendo Mini even tried to do. Like, <laughs> so, somehow, above all odds, Microsoft had things I was looking forward to more than Nintendo and Sony did at, the, at this time. Who knows what's going to come out in the future, but at the moment, Sony just kind of dropped the ball with this one. Yeah, one of sure. the one of the big rumors that I was hearing was that we would be we were going to be getting a next gen Silent Hill game. 
Um, yeah, yeah, Silent Hill 3. Yeah, we was. said that, yeah. We didn't get that, which which I shouldn't be surprised. I should, I really shouldn't. But it, but I always set myself up for disappointment. <laughs> Welcome to the I, gaming community. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, exactly. Just set yourself but up for disappointment. I do agree that there was no big, like, holy crap announcements for the PS5. I think they just kind of got all that out um, during the PS5 reveal event. But yeah, I, I, I liked the show, except for the end. That was my big thing. That was my real That's big fair. thing. Crash 4. I'm, ex- I'm super excited about Crash 4. There's no hiding that. Um, a lot of what I saw was like really cool concepts, but eh, it's all right, I guess. Um, and then, Jay, you know, how, do we, how about you take it to our next song? Oh, yay. Oh, yes. We'll do that indeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up next, Mighty Wings and Hadoukens by Cinemassica. Mas- I nailed it yes. first try. Cinemastica, you're listening to Player One on Sin. Hey, what you just heard was Mighty Wings and Hadoukens by Cinema Massacre. You're listening to Player One on Sin. You're here with Jay, Connor, and Eleni. What's up, guys? What are we talking about this time? Yeah, I know. The the emphasis. I'm ready. I'm ready. What are you ready for? Okay, so I have been doing some hard research here, and we're going to dive into some Nintendo financials. This is yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. We're all here for finance. That's why we do this oh, show. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So Nintendo just had their quarter two financial report. And, oh, boy, it is great to be Nintendo. It is tremendous to be Nintendo. Um, the Switch's lifetime sales are up to 61.44 million units worldwide. Now, since the, I'm going to, I think... Um, in the previous financial report, that was at around 51 or 52 million units. So that's 9, 10 million units since that last quarter. And software sales are also up to 406.67 million units. Now, this is, those are some massive numbers. So it's fair to say that the Switch has decimated the Xbox One. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an understatement. Within a lesser span of time, they have destroyed the Xbox One, and in 2020, the Switch has outsold both the PS4 and Xbox One. Um, this is largely due to pretty much it's the end of the console generation. New new hardware is on the way, so that isn't though a very cool statistic. Is one that is not really much of a big victory because it was bound to happen. Um, The Switch is also on track to beating out the NES, which sits at 61.91 million units worldwide. And it will be, its next target will be the 3DS at 75 million units. Wow, that would be pretty crazy if if they surpassed the 3DS, just because you think about how long that's been on the market. That would be a pretty big feat. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, I've even got mine sitting right here in my drawer. Oh. oh okay, cool. Is that is that an is that a new Nintendo 3DS? Uh I've got a Nintendo 3DS and a new Nintendo 3DS and a new Nintendo 3DS XL. Oh, that's a lot of 3DS. 
Yeah, I, I. What can I say? I worked really hard and I bought them all myself. Good man, good man. Well, the <laughs> Switch is probably going to beat the 3DS, and if it, and when it eventually surpasses the NES, it'll be Nintendo's second highest selling home console, uh, with the Nintendo Wii being its target. Oh, which, true. Which the Nintendo Wii sold 101 million units. Like, yeah, you think of consoles and you think, what's the most selling one? The Wii isn't what jumps to mind. But then you have to sit there and really realize, my nan had a Wii. If my nan can get one. The Nintendo Wii was like, like the DS was my childhood, but the Wii was also my childhood. Like, Wii Fit, you know, Wii Sports. What kid didn't play Wii Sports It somehow became like a staple in most houses. And that's insane to think about. Like when your parents are like, I'm not getting you the new PlayStation, but then they're like, oh, but the Wii. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Exactly. Guitar Hero. There you go. But obviously right now the best, well, probably for the rest of time, the best selling console of all time will be the PlayStation 2 at 150 million units or 151 million units. Where it deserves to be. Exactly. Number one. Yes. Yes. That was the golden age of gaming. Growing up with the PlayStation 2 was that hit different. But um, Nintendo's profits. Nintendo's profits overall are up by five hundred and forty-one percent. That how how do they do that? Um. Well, this is largely attributed to the pandemic, and everyone has been buying switches, which which has also been attributed by the extremely huge success of Animal Crossing. Um, that should be no shock to anyone. Animal Crossing was just like, it, it took the world during April and May. Like, the game sold 11 million units in its first 11 days. Yeah, no, that's not surprising. Yeah. Like, for me personally, like, two of my best friends bought Switches purely to play Animal Crossing. So, like... Hmm. Yeah, I think that game can definitely be like attributed to the success of the Switch in the past couple of months. The, yeah, the this, that it's insane. Their overall profits are up by over five hundred percent. Is just beyond astonishing. Um, five times the profit. That's just insane. Yeah, that it it's beyond insane. And this is this is between the April and June quarter, which. This alone just destroyed the expectations of analysts. Once again, largely due to Animal Crossing, which also leads us onto uh, hardware sales. Now, this is going to be the top 10 best-selling Switch games. We're going to start from the bottom and work our way up. Um, unfortunately, some honourable mentions. Uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 has been kicked out of the top 10. Aww. A bit of a shame. What about um, Luigi? Ah, sorry, I can't do much about Gooigi, but what I can tell you yeah. is a uh, new Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe uh, is now up to 7.44 million units <laughs> worldwide. What? Why? Yep, that's exactly right. That's uh, a then, Yep, and then uh, in front of it is Splatoon 2 at 10.71 million units. So uh, Splatoon 2 has sold as many Wii U's. Think about that. The Wii U sold 13 million units. And uh, and Splatoon has sold them. Splatoon 2, sorry. The most useless sequel that no one was asked for. Oh, we asked for it. Oh, that's a bit hard. I don't like Splatoon 2. It didn't. 
no, I, the, I prefer Splatoon 1. Yeah, the game didn't deliver, but I definitely think it's understandable they made a sequel. But I think <laughs> that it... Am I the only one that likes Splatoon 2? wasn't the sequel. Man, I hate Splatoon Part 2. Yeah. And they killed off the Inkling in the first five minutes of the game. That oh. was my favourite character from Splatoon oh, 1. Oh, man. <laughs> then, they, then they made you play as the Octoling. Oh, um, man. <laughs> so, uh, Splatoon 2, 10.71 million units. Fantastic. And then after that is Super Mario Party at 10.94 million units worldwide. Oh, wow. Yeah, very surprising, considering that, yes, it is, though, a good Mario Party game. Uh, it's not a great game for the lack of, uh, like, a lack of boards, which is very a shame and very linear. Um, next up on the list is Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee at 12.20 million units yeah, worldwide. Actually, I guilty pleasure love that game. Oh yeah, and great game. Now we're heading now we're heading into the over fifteen million category right now. Um Super Mario Odyssey has now Whoa. sold eighteen point six million units. Wait, what number is Bro, this, this on the list? Odyssey. Six. That what? Damn, yep. I thought that would have been much higher. So eighteen point yes, six million units. Um, right Pokemon Sword and Shield has now sold 18.22 million units. You're close then. Yep, yep. And then also in the 18 million uh, target, Legend of, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is at 18.60 million units. Oh, wow. I would have thought that yep. would have sold a few more. Interesting. Well, now we're heading into the top three. I was about to say, that's only fourth. I'm struggling to think what goes above Breath of the Wild. All right, wait. Before I, you he, tell us, Connor, Jay, yeah. what do you reckon top three is? We're going to guess. Uh, top three for the Switch? Um, I'll say Super Smash Bros. Ultimate or whatever, like the new Super Smash Bros. I'll say Animal Crossing. And I'll say... What else is on the Switch? Um... Gosh, I can't think of a third one. I literally, there's, I, I, I know that when you say it, I'll be like, what? How didn't I think of that? But at the moment, you are just... most definitely right. going to say that. Yeah. Damn it. I reckon I'm thinking, I have a particular order here, but I'm thinking, I've, I'm hitting both of you there. I'm thinking Smash Bros. Um, and Animal Crossing, but then also Mario Kart. Is what I'm thinking is up there as well. So that's my top three. Well, (laughs) I will reveal all. Um, Coming in at third place, um, just the tiniest smidge under 20 million units, Uh, uh, sitting at 19.99 million. uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Hey, that's one. 19.99 million units. Now, here we go. Coming in at second place at 22.99. Four zero million units. Animal Crossing New Horizons. Nice. I'm two for three. Um, Wait, it is has gone up by nearly eleven since its first um, statistics in the financial report, which put it at eleven point seven seven million. It has gone up by just under eleven million units since um, wow. March thirty first. And then, of course, at number one, at 26.74 million units... Is it Mario Maker? Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Oh, it's Mario Kart! No way! Yeah. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? Woohoo! That is... Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, you know what? baby. 
Good on it. I am so proud of you, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. So I mean, those, those are the top, top 10. Any, any major surprises from you guys? Yeah, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. I knew it was good. <laughs> I, look, I knew it was good, but like, I have a little brother who I gauge the popularity of games through him because he's not, he's not old enough yet to go out and be like, oh, I want this niche game that no one else plays. Like, he, like that's me. But he'll just get what is advertised to him. And he doesn't have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, but he has, <laughs> he has Odyssey and he has like Breath of the Wild and he, he, of course he's going to get Animal Crossing, but he, he, he wouldn't even pick up that game. And so it's like, what? How did that get up there? How you get there? But you, but you also got to keep in mind for this that Animal Crossing has only been out for, let's see, it's nearly, <laughs> nearly five months. Yeah. Nearly five months. Um, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has been out for over three years. It came out in 2017. And yes. It's and it's it's and Animal Crossing's been out for half a year and it's already sweeped the nation, the world. Crazy, crazy. So that that is Nintendo's financial report for Q2 2020. Some huge statistics there. I'm yeah, still good on a shock. Good on them because I feel like everyone always does the whole. Especially now, it's always oh Sony, Microsoft, Sony, Microsoft, and then yeah, when Nintendo pull out like financials like that, it's like how can you ignore the success they're having of the Switch? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, yeah, it's always been that since like the since consoles were consoles, like the first console ever was a Nintendo console. I'm pretty, like, well, well, the first big one, like one of the first big consoles oh. with Nintendo and Nintendo and Sega had their no. their rivalry. Well, what was before them that was like big now Atari that someone would 2600. play? Yeah, oh, that doesn't count because like. But no, it counts. But it's like it's still they're, they're not like there's no there's no the Atari Series X now, but like yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess like the ones that have stayed around the longest. Sega. I love how just cucked it. Say Sega's gone. I, I love how we went from Nintendo financials to Atari, but instead we're gonna go into our next song. Uh, Jay, Thank what you. we got? Uh, Uno reverse card. Oh, oh, you're gonna throw that to me? Yeah, Uno reverse card. Because I'm oh, confused. Uno if it's, card. Yeah, if it's the, if it's song right, five oh, or six. I got it. I got it. All right. So this is Supersonic Racing by Sega. You are listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jay, and Lenny. And that was Supersonic Racing by Sega. You are listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jay, and Lenny. And you know, I'm looking at my watch. Oh yeah. What, you? what time is it? Um, it's it's half past a freckle. Oh, you're imaginary. Is that the one where we say top of the hour to you? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right, Jay. Well done. <laughs> top of the hour yeah, to you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. So this it is the top of the hour where we tell you, hey, go check us out on the social medias at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Player One Sin and Player Podcast Feeds, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Omni, all those great places. Go check out the Sin website, sin.org.au, and check out that Player One banner. It's not too hard to find. We've got tons of great articles, uh, ping, reviews, all that great stuff. And of course, you know, there's another thing we like to do. Uh, are we yelling at this time? That's up to you, my friend. Oh, am I doing the game in Grudge Match? Is that what's happening right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. Um, <sighs> okay. <laughs> I'm gonna play just the don't mic blow out me. the mic. Yeah, no, no, don't worry. You can barely hear me when I'm over here. Here we go.
Get in, Cosmatch! Oh my God, that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic stuff, Jag. Um, yeah. Love your work. Now, you. we, we, we go on about Halo. Um, is, is a free-to-play multiplayer model a good idea for Halo? A yay or nay? So basically, wait, so what, what can we, like, example this with? A free-to-play multiplayer game like Halo? That, I mean... Is it a good idea? Yeah, sure. I mean, sure. It's the same way that, like, Fallout 76 made a Battle Royale mode. Like, it, at some point, games adapt to the new, like, the new, like, I don't know, what's it, what's, what is it? The new socioeconomic standing of, of today's gamers. I don't know. But, like, you know, games adapt, and sometimes the next game that comes out, you're not going to like, like Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. So, sure, if you can take it in that direction. You're just going to get a different audience. You're going to get, like, kids that play Fortnite coming. Like, a free multiplayer shooter game. Whoa. So, yeah, you can take it that way. Yeah. I, I don't understand why everything goes to Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Because it is a staple of our culture, and whether you like it or not, it exists, and you have to <laughs> deal with it. And I will remind everyone that it exists daily until Microsoft, like, sends an assassin to come get me. Well, now, now you're just asking for Phil Spencer. He, he's gonna like, Daddy he's gonna Phil. like rock up into your studio. He's gonna be like, Jay, <laughs> we need to talk. We heard what you said. I heard what you've been saying about Banjo because we nuts and bolts. It has to stop. So, listen, you've got two choices now. You can either go into Cuphead, <laughs> or just stay where you are. I think I'll stay where I am. Okay, cool, cool. Stop um, talking about nuts and bolts. Oh, and is this a good idea? Is Halo isn't is a free to play Halo a good idea? Um, look, look. I'm gonna say yes. A Halo purist. I'm gonna. I am. I do love Halo, so I'm gonna say yes. My issue with all of these things, because a lot of franchises do this, like you said, Jay, they kind of adapt to the status quo of you know today. Um, I'm excited as long as it doesn't take away from anything else that comes out of the Halo franchise now. You know, I think about like, you know, Halo 5, where they made it all about like the campaign was this like just piece of nonsense, really, um, because they focused on multiplayer. So I think I'm all for it as long as any other Halo content doesn't get inhibited by this. So it's a yes from me. I'm I'm not going to vote. I don't have any comment on it. I'm not a Halo guy. I've never That's fair. Never fully played a Halo game, so it's going to abstain. Um, yeah, I'm going to you know what? For the first time, I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not going to do this one because I haven't. I know nothing about Halo. I know that there's a big green man named Master Chief and yes, he, Master Chef. Yes, the, he, the Master Chef. The ultimate Master Chef, exactly. The Master Chef, yes, absolutely. Uh, Gordon Ramsay is in, is in love with the Master Chef. He actually um, is the Master Chef. Like, that's why yeah. his face, but yeah. the series will end with him taking his helmet off and it's Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Someone's done some fanfic of that, surely. Um, yeah, none of us. You know, oh, a lady, what? What, is, uh, what is our next song? That is a Great question, Connor. Our next song coming up on Player One on Sin is Satellite by Rise Against. And this has been Jay, Connor and Eleni on Player One on Sin. Awesome. So that was Satellite by Rise Against. You are listening to Player One on Sin with Eleni, Connor 
and Jay. And so moving into some more Xbox news. Um, so recently from Microsoft, we got some more details on their up and coming console. And they have come out and said that they will actually be releasing two models. There will be the Xbox Series X, which is the main console, but there will also be the Series S, which will see Microsoft um, uh, churn out a cheaper version of their console. Um, so what do you guys think about this? Wait, is the S like worse than the X? Is that sort of happening? Like one's better graphics or is it just... I, I would almost say that it's like this. It's like the Xbox One S to the Xbox One X. Th- those yeah, exist? No, I think that's the idea. Um, it was, the news was pretty much leaked. Um, some like uh, the box art for the Series X was um, leaked. So yeah, I think it'll be like um, what you said where it might be um, just like smaller... Um, like disk space. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think about this one? I almost think they're going to do a di- an all-digital console. Oh. An all-digital console with a slightly less, with slightly less um, storage. Wait. Perhaps. Oh, so just everything's through cloud. Nothing's on. There's no disk. It's all Yeah, download. yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like the Xbox One S all or digital Steam. edition, or the Xbox One Sad. Um, <laughs> yes, that's a real thing. Um, that would be my only real thing, I guess. Um, it is interesting to see how they're going to cut costs when it comes to a small, like a less expensive console, considering that the PlayStation Five at this point is pretty much rumoured to be the more expensive, even if... I'm sure even if you go with, like, the old digital edition of the PS5, um, really, all you're losing is the disk drive. It's not necessarily going to drive down the price too much. Um, yeah, they've just cheapened the cheaper version. Yeah, yeah, but... I, I mean... Sorry, continue. No, I'm just trying to think, really. I'm j- you, you go, Jack. I was going to say, so, I mean, it's not like people People have done this before. It's just this grand of a scale. Like, Nintendo would always release, like, the Nintendo 3DS and then the new Nintendo 3DS and then the new Nintendo 3DS XL. And then it's like, there was, I, I've got the new Nintendo 3DS and the new Nintendo 3DS XL. There's no difference. One's bigger, but it doesn't change the game, like, the gameplay. The gameplay is always going to be the same. But to this, mm. to this extent, like, those were... That that was that cost me like peanuts compared to an Xbox Series X is going to cost you, like. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think also, you know, like if it's if it is like confirmed, and then eventually, you know, when we at some point find out how much these consoles will cost, I think it will be interesting because we've definitely come to terms. We've spoken about this a lot. Um, how expensive these consoles will be. So I think if Xbox do come out with this Series S and it is, even if it's $100 cheaper or, you know, even cheaper than that, I think it could actually be a really smart move from Microsoft. A lot of people probably look at these consoles and thinking, I'm not going to buy one because of how expensive they'll be. So I think it could potentially be a really smart move by Microsoft because it might make, you know, the Xbox more accessible to people. So... I'm excited. I just it'll well, be interesting where, to see what happens. Well, that's why I think the PS5 is also having that all digital edition to lower the cost, to provide that cheaper option because the PS5 is rumored to be quite expensive 
Yeah. Um, depending on how much the actual PS5 or digital edition is, is yet to be seen. Um, what I am quite happy about is that both Sony and Microsoft are looking to provide a cheaper alternative. Like they're yeah, well, both yeah. looking to be Price like, hey, is always a deterrent. Yeah, yeah. And especially during a year with a global pandemic and so many social issues um, happening in the world, especially with just, you know, jobs are hard to find. Money is hard to come by it, like, at this point. So, like, I don't necessarily expect these consoles to do all that well coming in this year. So... If there is that cheaper alternative on launch day, perhaps that may ease a bit of that potential stress on both Microsoft and Sony. So it's it's a good idea to have a cheap, cheaper alternative. My main issue is what are you stripping back to make it cheaper? Yeah, but there's always going to be... Mostly, yeah. mostly it's, always... it's probably going to be storage. Yeah, exactly. It's gonna be st- well. That's the I hate that so much. The one thing I hate about my PS4 is that I can only have like I have Skyrim remastered on there, and I have uh, Detroit Become Human and Red Dead Redemption Two, and all these big, big games. And then I have to like make room for other games that I want to install, or go and buy more space, which is just gonna cost me way more money than it's like I could just get the pl- I could have just bought it with five hundred gigabytes but instead i bought it with less like a like a cheapskate because price is always going to be the biggest deterrent when buying things it, mm. it always has been always will be when doing anything it's like check the price get the get the get the like the non-branded stuff instead you know mm. yeah mm. It'll, it'll definitely be interesting i think yeah, i agree with what you said connor i think it's good because um yeah i think that potentially we might not see sales take off off you know for for both consoles because i think yeah in this current financial climate i don't know how many people are in a position to drop you know 500 plus dollars on a console so i think um it's definitely smart from like a a marketing i know i wish that's me being optimistic um but it's smart um from a marketing point of view as well because then it means Mm. they might get more sales that way but on top of that, when you buy a new console, you're going to want to get more games. Like, you want to get a lo- like a launch title or two. That's another maybe, I don't know, un- like maybe around, maybe just under 200. So you're already piling that on top. Maybe you grab an extra controller. Those are getting more and more expensive. So hypothetically, if you are someone that maybe isn't stressed financially, and you drop, that's going to be four figures. Um, No one is going to be willing to do that. Now, with Microsoft, there's a much better alternative to buying um, a full-priced at-launch game, and that's Game Pass, where you pay a, a reasonable monthly fee for a great catalogue of games that you can play on your Series X day one. Yeah, it's um, it's very interesting. I think going into this 
um, you know, this console battle, I just kind of thought Sony had it in the bag given how successful the PS4 was. But I really think that, yeah, like you said, you know, people are going to be struggling to even buy these consoles. But then, yeah, you think about how expensive games can be. But then when you look at, you know, the, the Xbox, it's like really you buy the console, you put up a monthly fee, and then you get as many games as you want. So I think that, you know, from like a financial point of view, I think, you know, the the Xbox is probably, you know, the is, most cost efficient. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be the much... For your hip pocket, it is going to be the much easier purchase. But we're going to go into our next song. And Eleni, what have we got coming up? Yeah, of course. So our next song coming up is Idol featuring Tech 9 by Hollywood Undead. Um, we are putting out a language warning for this song, and you are listening to Player One Sin. Awesome. So that was Idol featuring Tech Nine by Hollywood Undead, and you are listening to Player One Sin with Jay, Eleni, and Connor. Um, and so moving forward with some more um, Xbox news. Very, very sad. The saddest of news, really. Um, Halo Infinite, which we all just assumed would be launching with the new Xbox, has been delayed to 2021, which means it won't be a launch title. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on how this will affect the sales of the console? Well, I think more importantly, we kind of have to go into the reasons of why the game is being delayed. So, because I feel like that's going to be one of the more, the more pressing matters. And it was tweeted out by 343, the Halo Infinite devs. And one of the things that they wanted to basically stress is that they, they are choosing not to, basically not to crunch their employees. They want this game to be as good as it possibly can be. I actually have the statement right here. So this is from 15 hours ago. So let's say, yeah, it's about, you know, three in the morning, <laughs> three in the morning uh, this morning. So today I want to share an important, an important Halo Infinite development update with the community. We have made the difficult decision to shift our release to 2021 to ensure the team has adequate time to deliver a Halo game experience that meets our vision. The decision to shift our release is the result of multiple factors that have contributed to development challenges, including the ongoing COVID-related impacts affecting us all this year. Um, a lot of games have been going through development issues due to COVID, whether it be trying to relocate all their employees to working at home, um, adjusting to working at home, um, and also could be the workplace itself and all that stuff. Um, I want to acknowledge the hard work from our team at 343 Industries who have remained committed to making a great game and finding solutions to development challenges. However, it is not sustainable for the well-being of our team or the overall success of the game to ship it this holiday. We know this is, we know this will be disappointing to many of you and we all share in that sentiment. The passion and support the, the community has shown over the years has been incredible and inspiring. We wanted nothing more to nothing more 
to play our game with the community this holiday. The extra time will allow us to finish critical work necessary to deliver the most ambitious Halo game ever at the quality we know our fans expect. Thank you for your support and understanding. This is from the studio head of Halo Infinite, uh, Chris Lee. So yeah. a lot to unpack. Most, A lot of it seems to be due to um, issues surrounding COVID, but also potentially the fact that, hey, we don't think this game is going to be ready. We do not want to force our employees to go through severe crunch. So we're going to push it back to 2021. Oh, sorry, push it forward to 2021. Well, I mean, first things first, huge yeah. power move on their end. But um, mm. no, it's great that there's a company out there. Like you always see people being rushed all the time. And that gives you like, let's be honest, not good quality games when the when the company cough, is being rushed. Ubisoft. Yeah, cough, cough, cough Ubisoft. Ubisoft literally. Every time. Every time. Activision. Exactly. But when you give them room to breathe, and I'm really proud that they've done this, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but good job, uh, Microsoft, for, for not eat, not being like, no, you have to continue working. You get yeah, stuff like the Sonic yeah. movie, where you, you give them more time, and they'll crank out like gold. Just give them criticism, and then wait, and let them do their thing, and don't rush them. And it's like, the, I, I'm lucky that they've... We're all halo fans are lucky that they've been like look we know this isn't up to standard we want it to be what well this actually puts a bigger weight on their shoulder if now now if they release it and it's not good it's just gonna look even worse this is a huge gamble like well it's not a gamble they like i'm saying they should give them the break that's not a gamble they need a break but to say like we're gonna give you the quality that you guys expect now they've they've, they've raised the bar for all of us all the fans mm. yeah definitely i think um i mean yeah it's that whole thing where you know obviously we all wanted to launch with the xbox but at the end of the day i think first and foremost we all want a really good halo title to be released and i think that for me even though it always like upsets me in the moment i'm always actually really happy when i hear the games get delayed because it means that it's not going to be rushed. It means that it's probably going to be a really polished game when it is released. So even though I'm definitely upset that it's not being released as a launch title, um, it just makes me even more excited for the game because I think that when we eventually get it, it's going to be a really um, well-thought-out game and really excited to play it when we eventually get it next year. See, I'm... Like, I love... I love that, you know they're being open and honest about it. You know, that's what I like to hear. But, you know, this year has just been such a... So many games have been delayed. Oh, my Lord. Like, and then on top of that, um, you know, not, what's, what's that quote from Miyamoto? A rushed game is never good. There is a quote by Miyamoto basically saying... Yeah, how, I, was trying to th- I was trying to think of the quote. I'm going to see if I can remember it. Yeah. Like... It's it's definitely about rush games compared to something that has actually been given time to breathe and something that's been given time to work on. I've got the quote if you want it. Oh, you got it? Oh, you got it. Eleni's got it. I've got it. It is, a delayed game is eventually good, but a rushed game is forever bad. There we go. There we go. That was after playing Sonic 06, he said that. (laughs) (laughs) I wish that was a true thing. Yeah. 
I wish I wish Sonic 06 is the true thing, or I wish he was playing it. <laughs> Which, in fairness, that that quote reigns supreme. Like, oh yeah, especially with especially with uh, well, I'm I'm just because I'm a big fan of the series Doom Eternal. Um, when that game got delayed, um, it's definitely showing that there is a high quality product from it. So, yeah, whether the whether the Halo Infinite will be the game that people still expect, um, I don't know. Um, I hope that the extra time will allow it to be a better game and a much more polished game. But yeah, so we're going to go yeah, into sure. our next song. Eleni, what do we have next? Awesome. So our next song coming up on One on Sin is Technofan by The Wombats. Oh, I love it. Wombats. The Wombats. I do love Wombats. Um, <laughs> So that was Techno Fan by the Wombats, and you are listening to Player One on Sin with Connor, Jay, and Lenny. Um, and so, for any fans of Bioshock, we've been getting lots of rumors, lots of speculation about the newest game in the series being in development. Um, and so, recently, there were job listings that suggested that the game won't be returning to. Um, our favourite locations of Rapture or Columbia. Um, so within Ooh. the job listings, they stated that we want you to help us breathe um, life into a new and fantastical world, um, which obviously suggests we'll be getting something different from Bioshock. Um, so what do you guys think? What do you want to see from the next Bioshock game? What location do you think would be awesome to see be brought to life? Hmm. Now the wheels are turning. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a start. Um, I'm going. There's. I've got a joke one, and then I've got an actual answer. My joke one is prehistoric Bioshock. Oh, nice. Instead of instead of Big Daddies, it's T Rexes. Bioshock um, Primal. Amazing. Yeah, Bioshock Primal. Um, oh, but God. my actual actual prediction is going to be 1920s Prohibition. Oh, I like that. And that definitely, has, say, that definitely has all the making of a Bioshock. Bioshock gives me that old-timey feeling. And, like, what's old-timey than 1920s America? Um, I'm going to say this is going to be a mafia story. But wow. put in some, like, you know, Bioshocky elements to it. I like that, definitely. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with that. Lenny, what's what's the first thing that pops into your head? Um, I think for me, I'll do a jokey one as well. Um, <laughs> yes, one jokey one, me, one serious answer. When I read that and saw Fantastical World, as I just immediately thought of space. I was just like, you know, they've been <laughs> underwater, they've been in the sky. Just go that next level. Just take us to the moon. Um, true, I love true. But I think I definitely had a similar thought to you, Connor. I think that... Um, you know, Bioshock have always kind of had this um, great thing where they have this, like, fantastical, beautiful world, and then we see, like, the corruption behind it. Um, so I kind of thought looking more at, like, the darker side of things, I was like, it'd be really cool to have a Bioshock game set during, like, World War One or World War Two. Damn something it! Like that. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say, Jay? Along the lines, pretty much exactly, yes. Yeah, something like that. I think that would be, like, the ultimate setting. Um, for a Bioshock game uh, but yeah I mean I'm a huge Bioshock fan so really even though I would love to see Rapture 
um, or Columbia again. I'm just really excited that we're going to get a new setting. What else have you got, Jay? Well, deja vu, but basically what I was going to say until Lenny exactly said that, I was like, well, we've been in the, literally, I was like, in my head, I was like, we've been underwater and we've been in the sky and probably the next best setting would be on the moon or Mars, <laughs> like some sort of planet. Cause I think Bioshock would be amazing. Like interstellar, like on the moon, just like, like the, um, that episode of Futurama where there's a play, there's like a, an amusement park on the moon. Oh my and it would be like, it'd be yeah. like that, but, but Bioshock, like an amusement park on the moon. And then I thought, well, we've got 1920s. I said, what's before 1920s? I thought like World War. And I thought you could have like the, the daddies, big daddy robots in the war. That would be sick to watch like combat between like kaiju combat between robots. But then I thought, well, you can't really have a world war on the moon. And uh, knowing Bioshock, it would be like World War Three. But then the job, it said this fantastical world. And I don't think they're going to be like World War One. this fantastical world, guys. So mm. I'll say like an amusement park on the moon or some sort of moon themed fantastical thing like uh, Fallout 4 style 80s or whatever. The the first thing I thought when you said on the moon, like an amusement park, I immediately thought the Crushinator. <laughs> anyone remembers that episode of Futurama? Yeah. I'd... Yeah, exactly. But, um, oh, that, see, I, I like Bioshock when it gets dirty. Like, when it gets, like, yeah, dirty, yeah. dark. Noir. Dark. Like, yeah. Yeah, and immediately I'm thinking, because Bioshock Infinite I really liked because of how effed up it is. Like, <laughs> this whole fantastical world where everything is great, but then once you actually go into it, you're like, what the hell is going on? Um, I... I'm actually thinking like 1960s US, but like this during a time of segregation where you'll continue the issue of race, but instead of having it up in Columbia, Columbia you have it in the streets of America, potentially. I don't know. Fantastical World just doesn't scream Bioshock to me, even though Rapture is a fantastical world. There's Columbia a is a fantastical yeah. world. City under the sea and then in the sky yeah, yeah. Well, i was gonna like, say that still like... lines up with the moon landing in 1969 you can still have yeah you like, can still technically have that yeah and the whole cold war going on like the space race there was a space race between like uh russia and america that could so easily be incorporated into a bioshock game definitely hmm like potentially maybe like m maybe even to a modern day setting for bioshock we're already in the apocalypse bioshock 2020 covid <laughs> like i could see a modern bioshock but i don't think they're going to go down that route i think that what they had with bioshock infinite and the original two was as good as it can be um i like that setting i like that style i like how bioshock is such a down and dirty game and a just an unnecessarily violent game with for that matter. Um hmm. I do like I do kind of want a more historical Bioshock game, personally. So that that's my take on it. 
that's personally my take. Yeah, but I, I think it'll be. Yeah, I agree with you. I think like one of the best parts of Bioshock has always been how like it's never shied away from um, you know any political or social commentary. I think like it's hmm. my favorite series because when you really play them thoroughly and pay attention to everything in the game they're basically just like ripping society to shreds in the best way possible so i think it would be interesting in a modern setting but then i think also they do sort of need some sort of historical setting because then i think it gives them the chance to play with you know what was going on within the society at that time um and i think like you know we had rapture which was like this really cool like art deco style game and then we had columbia which was like a really pretty beautiful um society like old-timey society so i think it would be interesting to see what sort of um you know period piece they bring to life mm. if they decided to that do. gives me that gives me another idea um bioshock in the louisiana swamps oh that would be cool i like that and a it's lot. like and it's like a horror like it's pure horror damn that's it. That would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, man. You get the, the big daddy's a swamp thing. With seaweed. Yes. Oh, that looks, that sounds pretty dope. Oh, man. Like, yeah. There's a lot of possibilities with it. Bioshock Down Under. Australian Bioshock. <laughs> oh, boy. Except the, the big daddies are just like manufactured kangaroos or something. Oh. Like. Yeah. <laughs> the big daddies are, um, are football fans with a kebab. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I've, now, so, I've now broken. I've now so broken dumb. Jay. Um, <laughs> be, be, before we incite a incite a riot amongst football fans, Eleni, uh, can you take us to our next song? Yeah, of course. Um, so our next song is Val Raven by David Garcia Diaz, and this is from the Hellblade OST. And you have been yes. listening to. Oh, you're a fan, are you? I love Hellblade, my yeah, favorite Connor's game of all fan. time. Yeah, oh, amazing. <laughs> I think Connor's a fan. Um, so you have been listening to Play One on Sin, and that was Val Raven by David Garcia Diaz from the Hellblade OST, um, and this is Play One on Sin with Eleni, Connor, and Jay. Okay. But, um, Sorry, I Jay, just have to mention I... something. Oh. Two weeks ago, I said that I would play toss a coin to a witcher on my ukulele. Now that's not happening now. Oh, that's not happening now. Oh. It's not happening oh, now because okay. we haven't planned it out yet, and I don't want to take up too much time in the show in case we've got things on. But a week ago, a w- so a week after I said that, Triple J, guess what they did? What did they do? One of their hosts took a ukulele onto the show and played it. The exact same instrument. So what? You're what were the odds? What you're saying? Triple J. I'm not saying they show. copied us. No. I'm saying they copied me. <laughs> They listen to our show. And <laughs> they, they listen to Player One. This is a That's all I'm saying. Listen to Player One. That's all I'm saying. Amazing. It's the only true explanation. It literally, yeah, it was, it was, un, it was uncanny. I was like, man, I, I can't believe I missed last week because I, I had stuff on. I didn't get to play my my ukulele. Oh, what's this? Another radio show was doing that thing that I said I was gonna. Well, I gotta put my foot down. <laughs> well, next week we're gonna do. Uh, Jay playing toss a coin to your toss a coin to your Witcher on the ukulele, but better. Yeah, yeah, that's Thank right. Challenges out to Triple J. Um, but I, whilst we get into that, I'm I'm checking the time on my imaginary watch. 
um, it, it looks like it's about that time to flip over the sign, relax, have a nice hot cup of cocoa because it's time to time to finish up, guys. It sure any, uh, is. Any final words? Eleni, you, you can have the final words first. Mine's a declaration of challenge. Um. Oh well. Um. My my final words. I think just um. Everyone, look after yourselves. Stay safe. Um. Get excited for Jay's rendition of Toss a Coin to Your Witcher. Love it. Love it. N- nice wholesome vibes there, Eleni. Uh, Jay. My final words. Is something wrong? Is something wrong with my mic? My, God, my final words. No. To triple no. J. To triple J. I will make you cry with my ukulele. Okay. <laughs> I pl- I learned the up theme. Okay. I learned. I learned so many sad songs. Okay. You're just. I am going. I am going to come in. Ukulele in hand. Tears in eyes. Triple J. I. I. I I know you're listening because clearly you copied my idea. So I know you're listening. <laughs> clearly. Okay. Lavi and Rose, Brahms lullaby. I, I know it. Okay. I'm going to come in there. I'm, I'm going to shred. That's my declaration of challenge. Okay. All right. Lovely stuff, Jay. Um, you're going to cut out that ear torture there. You're going to cut that out in the edit. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, am, I'll de-amplify. I'll like, make myself not loud very good very good and uh well my <laughs> final words um you know go play catherine full body it's good but uh before we go let's just just one more reminder that if you want to check us out in the social medias go check us out on facebook twitter and instagram at player once and go check us out in the podcast platforms at google podcast apple podcast Spotify, stitcher on the and go check out that's in website that's in you go find that play one better it's really not too hard to find and of of course, just have a good week. We'll see you all next week. Same player one time, same player one channel. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.